0: Welcome to the Whitetail Obsession Podcast with Dave Richmond and co-host Chris Worthing, where we talk and teach everything deer and turkey hunting related. Follow along as we help teach you tips and techniques about hunting, food plots, and habitat management strategies that everyone can use. Welcome back, guys. This is podcast number five. Chris, welcome.
1: Welcome. Welcome.
0: We're on podcast five, guys. Um, I... First off, I want to start out by saying I appreciate everybody for the listeners on the audio versions on Spotify and uh, Apple and all that. And um, the video version is now on Chris's channel. And, um, you know, appreciate the views on that as well. Yes. But it's snowing out right now.
1: Yeah, we're getting pounded. We got like five inches out there and, and yeah. it's like raining out now. It's mm. getting ugly, getting ugly.
0: Well, this past weekend, I was I was busy. I was on the trail, consulting trail, and I actually got time to visit my own property for once and I checked on the food plots and kind of came up with a plan for what I want to attack uh, this year to help improve it, you know, from the previous year, because that's what you do. You try to see the weaknesses in something and then you try to tweak some things and try to make it better. For sure so i got to check that out and then i seen some clients and i i want to talk about a little bit on some of the the just the constant negatives that i'm seeing from clients that if they just switch that one thing or two things it could really improve their hunting
1: now is this this something that they're doing wrong or something that they're lacking
0: it's something that they're doing wrong and it's it's a common theme throughout it's not just it's not just this year, but it's been you know, consec each consecutive years. Gotcha. And it's just it's just a very common situation that if they just eliminated, eliminated it and did it differently, I mean you would whatever the percentage, they could improve their hunting by fifty percent just by doing this one thing. Do you have any idea what it is?
1: Um <laughs> You just took I, a
0: you just you just took a deep breath there.
1: Yeah, it, it, there could be so many answers to that. Take a guess. It could be. It could be a plethora. It could be. Let's let's just let's, let's just name a few. The way they have their property set up. Okay. H- how they how they use their property. Mm-hmm. They could they could be accessing it different ways or. Mm-hmm. Or uh, extracurricular activity on their properties, bugging the deer. Mm-hmm. They could be in there setting up trail cameras in wrong areas. Mm-hmm. You know, different type of things.
0: Okay, so the number one thing that I have seen is entry and exit routes to okay. to their tree stands while they're hunting. Gotcha. For example, uh, the piece this, this weekend was in... Uh, Pennsylvania and that's all I'm going to say is just Pennsylvania and the property was about it was about 80, 80 acres of woods and I had maybe 20 acres of field and it was long it was long and narrow okay. and it was a ridge top that literally went all the way long ways across and it just dropped off, kind of dropped off on the sides well they had stands you know all throughout the property and down the top you know, of this property long ways on top the ridge, there was a basically it was it was had some turns in it, but let's just say it was straight okay. and it had a straight logging road all the way through. OK. Some, you know, just say it was probably 100 yards wide. Then it started dropping off and there were stands all through here. There was some thick areas. Then it went to thin. There were some thick areas kind of went to thin. And you could see where where the deer were were bedding and the property was um was really overtaken by um honeysuckle and it was really bad one of the worst ones i i've ever seen
1: so do they access from the bottom of the hill and go up to the ridge to hunt
0: no they're accessing it long ways okay so for instance if they had a stand all the way on the backside. Okay. They walk, all the way they walk all the way through to get to the backside.
1: Yeah, that and could be a problem.
0: Instead of doing that, you know, you need to be entering your stands from the sides. Correct. You know, that way, and you're going in a straight line. I guess it would be it'd be perpendicular to your stand, but it's you. It's less intrusive. Intrusive that way because you're not. It's shorter. It's a shorter distance. You're blowing
1: everything out on the way in.
0: Exactly. You're (laughs) blowing everything out. That's just one example of how that property is set up. But you know, other properties is kind of, you know, you're walking through a bedding area to get to a tree stand or you're walking through a food plot. You're Mm -hmm. getting you're going to a food plot where you're bumping the deer out. Mm -hmm. There's just so many different variables in there, but if hunters really, really paid attention to the entry and exit routes and put their stands in strategic more better areas they wouldn't have this situation and like i said in the beginning whatever the percentage would is it could increase it by 50 percent, really of the sightings that they see
1: right right now are they are they running electric bikes atvs utvs anything like that on a property too
0: yeah a lot of times i see that as well and you know a lot of people like they have the land and they are using it kind of like, uh, I guess rec- recreationally, basically with riding four wheelers all spring and summer and into the fall. And I guess, you know, I, people, you know, you got to understand people want to enjoy their land and all that, but.
1: until to a certain point they get used to that, but.
0: You, you, you still got to stop, you yeah. know, you gotta, you gotta let things settle down.
1: Exactly. It's time to hunt.
0: Yeah. It's time to hunt and they're just not doing it. So you're, it's constant. You know, push putting pressure on the land, constantly pushing them off, yeah, and, and, then, yep.
1: and then they're wondering why the big boys aren't being daytimers.
0: Yeah, you'll get the you does know. might stay there, you right? Know. But the bucks, they're just not gonna, they're not gonna handle it, they, and they um, don't
1: handle that pressure for yeah, sure. They just sure. go
0: someplace mm-hmm. else, and they may yeah. even, they may even come back at nighttime. Gotcha. So yep. that's pretty common, you know. If if people just took care of that situation. They would see a lot more deer. Right? Yeah.
1: How about, how about are you seeing them like right on the edge of the openings or, or are they back on a corridor or on a trail or something? Or are they right on the edge where deer will come out and naturally look down that edge of that power line or whatever it would be mm-hmm. and, and see that bump. On the side of a tree, are they? Are they? Are they? they Like trying to even tuck that stand back and have a backdrop?
0: Yeah, no. Are you seeing that? No, it's right on the edge on skinny trees with no, no tree in the back to for a backdrop. Like you said, it's uh, it's just you're you're sticking out like a sore thumb, and it remind it reminds me of the old roger raglan videos with which me and you have watched and laughed so hard at times <laughs> um but it's like you know where roger would take a would take a, a dummy and he yeah. put it in that stand and staple it to the tree right because it it gets the deer accustomed Used to it to well yeah. yeah so if you have a tree stand right on the edge it sticks out like a sore thumb deer see that but yeah. then all of a sudden one day you're sitting in there and it looks to, off-putting to them that big boy's—he's not going to come out.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I, I blame a lot of that stuff on television, or these mm-hmm. hunting shows and stuff. You know, because the some of the stuff that gets done seems so outlandish. Yeah. I mean, yeah, Oral. they're on—they're on television and they killed something, but uh, you know, ninety out of a hundred times, that process probably isn't going to work for the average guy. Yeah.
0: Well, TV's not reality
1: no and they probably filmed a 100 times to shoot that one deer you know yeah
0: that they're hunting unpressured farms you know
1: they're invited to a farm yeah a known deer yeah is feeding on a corn pile (laughs) or something you know yeah
0: and it's it's a lot of that you know because they gotta they gotta uphold their stand you know their obligations to sponsors and stuff so they have to do you know, they got to get to these spots where these bucks are and the there's a corn pile off to the left-hand side, but they don't show it on camera. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it just, but you're probably right. You know, people see that and think they can do the same thing on, you know, a Pennsylvania property. that's that's hammered with hunting pressure.
1: Yeah, exactly. And you can't do that. Exactly. Well, I had talked to you, I had mentioned to you, but in the past, I thought about extending my season a little bit mm-hmm. since the tags situation in PA is a sore, a sore subject. Uh, I have a, a local farm in the area and I was saying about maybe getting into red tag hunting mm-hmm. and because I, I like to, I like to hunt the deer and give them away to folks like at church or somebody like a single mom or something like that. And, uh, I don't charge for it or anything, but I like to get a few extra tags and harvest a few deer. So anyhow, I was contacting a, a local farmer. I saw he actually is advertising. He actually was on marketplace on Facebook and stuff, making ads saying, Hey, I have red tags, come hunt. So, so,
0: so i cut you off I'll, go ahead. the property I was on this weekend. The guy, the client was telling me that it's not red tags anymore. Correct. Okay. Correct. He it, said t- green. I think
1: you said. Well, I don't know the color, but okay. I will read you the response. Right. Okay. And forgive me for reading for the people at home, but. um You can't. This is. Are,
0: this you're is, you're gonna be okay. Reading it.
1: Yeah, I'll be fine. I, I, should, right. I should have my cheater glasses on, but if, if 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 my arms look really long, that's because I'm having trouble.
0: The people watch listening to the audio <laughs> right now. I wish you could see this. <laughs>
1: So, so uh, the guy, I actually answered one of his ads and anyhow, I asked him how, how we go about this red tag thing. Mm -hmm. I am totally oblivious to it. Uh, Some of you folks out there may know all about this, uh, how to do this red tag hunting. I did not. So I just asked the guy straight up, how does this work? Well, he wrote me back. This is what he said. He says, we put in our paperwork. And uh, we are just waiting to hear back. He said they changed it from red tags and now they give you a coupon that you take where you buy your hunting license. Um, So any place you can purchase your license, you take this coupon in. Uh, He says that you have to pay to activate the coupon. And when you do that, you have to obey everything that the hunting permit tells you you can do which I didn't understand that part. There must be specific rules mm-hmm. and regulations to this. Um, okay. So he goes on to say, um, get those out of the way. He says, you have to be a Pennsylvania resident. So you're right, Dave. Whatever. Hunt your own state. Uh-huh. Um, he says, you can only hunt antlerless deer, which I knew that. Mm -hmm. He said, here's the dates, which I found odd. It runs from February 1st to April 1st. Well, I found it odd, but it makes sense. You're going to be killing two to three deer per deer you kill because they're Mm going to be pregnant does, Mm -hmm. which I don't know if I have the heart to be doing that. But the other season, he says, then is uh, in the fall, August 1st to September 15th. So that would fall under the new tag for 2023 in the future, like this February 1st through the April would be last year's tag. So if, if I wanted to pursue this right now, tomorrow, I could probably go see the guy. He'd give me the coupon. I'd have to go somewhere mm-hmm. where you can purchase a license and pay for the tag. Okay. So then he goes on and says, um, you need – you get the coupon, you pay for it. Um, and there's one per season, like I just said, so one would be for the past season and the new one for the fall would be uh, going on sale in June. The coupon is only to be used on the farm it is activated on, so it's it's specific to the property that you get it for. Uh, you must still tell us where you're going to hunt. You're not allowed to hunt unless we know about it, and you need to let them let the game commission know when you get a deer. Well, obviously you're going to claim a uh, report the deer um, where you got it, what time you got it and all that jazz that they always want to know. Um, and he says, and we would like to know when you're here. Um, of course they don't want somebody there when they're not. And it says you are the only one allowed to use the coupon. So you can't mentor it. And what else does he say? And he, he reiterates it's only to be used on a farm that it's uh, allocated for. And then mm-hmm. he, left, he left me his phone number and said, if interested, give him a call.
0: Now, does, th- PA, does PA have this plus crop damage permits?
1: What you have to have, and somebody can correct me if I'm wrong, but my father in law was a farmer. So what I knew it to be in the I'm past,
0: pardon? I'm a farmer. Oh yeah. Right. You're a farmer too. We're just farming for wildlife,
1: farming deer, but in the, in the past it had to be 50 contiguous age, uh, acres. Mm -hmm. You had to have 50 acres and you had to be able to show financial damage. Okay. You had to make a salary, you know, show that you was using, you was using that as an income and that you were losing, uh, He was, he was losing, uh, money from crop damage. Mm -hmm. And then you was able to shoot as many as you really thought you needed to, as long as you called them when you were done and they would come out and collect them. Mm -hmm. Okay. And we did this one time. We, 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 uh. What did I sh- I shot four deer for him one night. We called up the warden. He came, got them, and he wanted them gutted and in the back of his truck. And we asked if we could keep them. He says, Oh, well, I didn't know you wanted them. He says, mm-hmm. Well, I can I can write you out a slip. And this is where the deer damage part comes in. And he can actually write you permit to keep however many he allows you to keep at that point. Mm-hmm. And this guy actually let us keep three deer that night. Hmm. So and it's one per person. So my father-in-law was able to have a slip. I was allowed to have a slip and we called up a local guy that wanted a deer and he come over to house and picked it up while the warden was there right in front of him. He gave him a, a slip too. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's pretty much how that worked. Now he told, he said the fourth one, I have to take in something, you know, he said, so I went the fourth one in the truck and he says, I know a family that'll use it. So I'll take it to them.
0: So here in Maryland, I think, well, there's you can get crop damage permits um, starting October first or uh, August first, and there I don't think there's any limit on the amount of doe tags that you can get. Okay. So you can shoot unlimited does during that crop damage. I I think I'm pretty sure, and you can shoot them with a rifle. Right. Um. And I know a lot of people used to do it years ago. I just could never bring myself to do it because they're, you know, they're pregnant. Some some, yeah. some could be pregnant and um, it's just, it's a hundred degrees outside. You're shooting. Right. I mean, I just didn't really see a yeah. thing for it.
1: Yeah. Now the only, <clears throat> the only reason why I was thinking about doing that, like I said, was to be able to acquire an extra tag and maybe be able to donate it. Mm-hmm. But, the other instance was i thought if maybe um, i had somebody give me a pack of broadheads that they wanted me to try out or something that i might use that as the proving grounds you know mm. go over whack a dough with it and document it and film it and you know get back to the person that gave it to me and say hey right. this is this is this is what i did with your head mm-hmm. yeah you know? case anybody wants to send me some packs of heads <laughs> we'll, and we'll, we'll go shoot some deer with him. I'll instead of
0: it. instead of that, I should just recommend to you the best broadheads to shoot ever. Oh, oh boy,
1: you already know what they are. Oh which my. which ones do
0: I shoot now? Come on, I don't know. You tell me, Swacker man.
1: Oh gee, stem still. Yeah, <laughs> ten,
0: 10 years straight now. I love I love swackers.
1: I don't I don't mind expandables. I use some expandables myself, but I'm a three blade expandable guy.
0: Mm. Yeah.
1: For sure. And I have my reasons. But that's yeah. a whole nother debate.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think Swacker came out with a three blade a couple years ago and they have a, yeah, a they new do. one. A new one this year. I can't remember what it looks like. It might be the um the hybrid mm. Swacker hybrid, maybe, but I am getting a new bow this year. Oh yeah, um, yeah finally.
1: What do you think? Um new
0: prime. Probably a new prime. I, I've had that for the one I have now is like eight years old. I I really enjoy it. I've shot a lot of deer with it, so I'll probably stick with that. Um I'm gonna get new arrows and I'll be all tuned up before opening day.
1: All tuned up.
0: Yeah. Now when I started when I started hunting PA, the very first year rifle season was on a Monday. Yes. Started on a Monday. I never understood that. It was kind of like a PA is really, really stuck in like their, I guess, traditional type type things. Right. You know? right. And, and growing up, I always heard like, because I, I think you would probably know, but years ago, I was told that for opening day of rifle season, schools would close.
1: Yeah, I lived in uh, Pittsburgh and schools was not closed. Okay. But where I live in the mountains now, they had yes they were given the first day off it was like a holiday
0: right right that's what i was always told and then when i started hunting pa me and you started hunting the farm together it started out on a monday and then i think a year or two later it came back with this change and they started doing it on saturdays correct i personally liked it because that's what i was used to right and where everybody not every not every state's open on a saturday but majority of them It's always that Saturday after Thanksgiving. Yes. And you don't have to lose a day of work, you know, and it just, it's what I was used to. So I, I enjoyed it. And then I think a year later, they started allowing you to hunt that Sunday. So, because PA is only like one of a couple states where you can't hunt on Sundays.
1: I think, I think one of three states, if I'm not, if I'm not mistaken.
0: Yeah. It's, it's, it's one of two or three states. Yes. Um, but they changed that. So now the Saturday opener is on Saturday and you can on Sunday as well.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: So what do you, what do you think about all well,
1: that? Well, I, I'm going to play devil's advocate. Okay. I'm going to give you both sides and I'll tell you what I like, the pros and the cons. Mm-hmm. Okay. As you said, you being non-resident, you can leave work mm. bro- and you, bro-
0: you, broadcast it more.
1: You can come up and hunt all Saturday and Sunday. Mm -hmm. You have two days to hunt on that weekend. Mm -hmm. You didn't have to take off any work. Mm -hmm. Kids that are in school, like I was when I grew up in the city, I didn't get a day off school. So this gives people, residential people like that, urban people, if you will, they can go and they can hunt. And this is one of the reasons why they did it too, was to be able to incorporate more people and get more people involved in the hunting. Mm-hmm. Because PA is having a lack of young hunters right now. That's and everywhere. I, and that, yeah, it is everywhere. It is. I was just going to say it. That's everywhere. Um, that's the techno age. These kids just want to sit around play video games. They don't want to mm-hmm. get out and take a walk. Nope. <clears throat> so you've got... The non residents, children. And how about the guy that works six days a week? Mm -hmm. Okay. He works Monday through Saturday and he's not getting any time in the woods. So now they give him a Sunday to hunt and he can do that. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now let's flip the coin. This is steeped in such tradition in PA, the Orange Army. Um, people are upset dude they are upset they want their monday back and one of the biggest hits that have been taken over all this is the is the businesses in your localities wherever your hunting camp is or wherever you go to hunt like you know where i live i'm in a tourist trap area it's camps and and uh state parks and and state game lands and things and people come here From all over, I mean, I see vehicles from Vermont, Jersey, Ohio, New York, you know, the people just roll in here and they have a camp or someplace that they go. Okay. Well, the local community was really, they said they were suffering when they did that because in the old days, people used to come to camp after Thanksgiving. They'd show up on Black Friday. They would, they would come up here and grocery shop Friday, Saturday, hang out at camp, have a fire, sit, sit there with the boys, drink beer, whatever they do at camp and Sunday all over. And then Monday, they would all go out and hunt together.
0: That's tradition. That's tradition.
1: It's just a big tradition. And, and, and that really fed the local businesses though, because, you know, there was, two three four days there of shopping you know now we've got the saturday opener and the guys spend thanksgiving with with the family they come up friday night they skip all that shopping in the area and spending money and just go hunting saturday and the majority of them shoot their doe and turn around and go home Mm -hmm. you know they're happy they got a deer and good for it you know I'm not against that, but those are the two sides that's happening right now, and they're button heads. And there's just these huge protests out there right now to change it back to Monday. All these petitions that they're putting out, and people, you know, they're trying to get people to get all these signatures and try to get with their state people and get this overturned. And I don't know if they're going to.
0: So I'm gonna I'm gonna throw a little little twist in there with it, or just a theory or question really is we've been you know you've been hunting along you've been hunting longer than me i've been hunting i think this is my 26th season and i've been around a lot of different camps and you know hunting clubs and things like that and hunting you know it's always been you know you get with some buddies they party all night long drink and hoot and holler And then they go hunting the next morning. (laughs) Well, that's just kind of how it goes. Well, like in my mind, like what you just described, you know, they come up after Thanksgiving, they party and do all this stuff. And then they go hunting Monday morning. So, like in my mind, it's going to maybe eliminate some of the partying and actually allow people maybe to become better hunters instead of just partying all weekend and just trying to go out when you're hung over with a rifle dangerously so my question is i'm wondering if being that it's on a saturday if it does prevent the partying situation because people have to work right. they could still party friday night or right. saturday night you know but i'm wondering if there's going to be less hunting related accidents
1: good point good
0: think about point. that is now, that just, is that crazy to think or, or well,
1: Like you said, though, they don't have time to get all boozed up because they're with the family and they come up, sleep it off and go hunting the next day. Yeah. You know, because uh, let me, yeah. let me just say this though. Yep. When there was the Monday start, <laughs> here's the thing I didn't like about the Monday start. First of all, I'd have to take a eight hours P- pto i'd have to take a day off work to get off just to go but the other thing was all these knuckleheads would come to camp and shoot their guns all weekend long they're tramping mm-hmm. through the woods trying to hang a stand putting a putting a bullseye on the side of a tree and blasting at it and, mm-hmm. you know, burning oh. through two boxes of shells because their scopes off from last year yep. it was that could be irritating
0: that's well, why I was referring to making people become better hunters because now it's going to make them prep. Yes. You know, get their stand out the week before and shoot their gun ahead of time. Right. right. And all that stuff. That's now, my way of looking at it.
1: They would tramp around, putting all that scent in the woods, spooking deer, shooting guns. You know, uh, I, I came up on a guy one night, one year, it was Sunday evening. It was getting dark. And I was usually what I would do is I'd hang my stand and the night before season, I would just go for a ride and just ride down the road and make sure nobody was near my, where I enter and exit the woods yet. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't want to make sure nobody was messing with my deer, basically my spot. And I was rolling down the road and I see this car pulled off on the side of the road and there's this dude in the ditch laying in the ditch. I stopped him like, you Okay. He's like, yeah, I'm just shooting my gun in. I said, excuse me? And like 50 yards away, he had this paper bullseye on a stump. And he's just shell after shell. I mean, he had a whole... He's like, do you know any place I can go buy some shells? I'm like, are you serious? It's the night Mm -hmm. before buck season and you just blasted all your shells? He's like, yeah, well, my, my scope was off. Well, I've got a whole video of how to sight in your scope if anybody's interested anyhow so yeah the dude's blasting and and he's like within 200 yards of my stand
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know i wasn't happy and he
0: goes and goes the next day and wonders why you don't see nothing
1: yeah either oh. he doesn't see nothing or he misses a deer or something yeah. you know so and when even I'll- if he if, if he even saved any shells i don't know I got out of there. I was like, dude, it's getting dark. I'm boogieing.
0: Well, story. I was 14 years old and I went hunting with a friend of mine back then and his father. And his father was uh, a big, big drinker. And they were drinking all night long. And I was standing in this, in this camper and we were there for, I think early or late season muzzle litter. And we got there. They were partying all night long, drinking. Woke up the next morning, and they, he was hungover, and he was outside, right. And we're, me and my friend were standing there, pretty close. And he had his he had his muzzleloader, right. And he had it pointed kind of like the stock on his hip, and he had it pointed kind of kind of off at a you know angle. And he's he's hungover, and he's trying to load it, and this and this and this. Next thing you know, boom! It goes off. Oh my. And it, it went, the people were like standing like over here, but he was just hung, he, like he, you know what I mean? He was hung over and he just, he screwed up. Dumb. So after that, made me more cautious about being around people with guns. Like, you know, people, you know, hold them sloppy and they're, you know, pointing them all around. And yeah, I'm like, for sure. I'm like, hold up. Like, you need to not point that gun at me. Yeah. So i don't know that's just my my way of looking yeah
1: we'll see i don't know we'll see how that all goes the, the the game commission is going to be meeting here real soon again to finalize everything for this year so if i hear anything that'll be in future podcasts i'll try to keep stuff up to date if i can
0: yeah and then um so me and me and zach got a big job this weekend we're gonna we got uh a client hired us and um we're gonna go cut some timber for him clear him out big cedar thicket. we got a skid steer come in mm. and that we can talk about that next, next week on the podcast a little bit. And okay. um, I'll have some videos on that as well. Okay. So maybe we can get into that next week. And um, good deal. So with that, we're going to sign off guys. I yep. really appreciate your, your listens and the views yep. and listen uh, again on Apple, Spotify. And actually, if you guys, wherever you guys are listening from, you know, drop us a comment because you can leave reviews and stuff on like Spotify and, and Apple. Let us know what state you're in and how you enjoyed the podcast because that'll Great. that'll really help us out.
1: Yeah, and if you want to watch the podcast, come on over to my channel, City Sticker Chris, mm-hmm. and uh, don't forget to subscribe.
0: Stay tuned next week for another episode of the Whitetail Obsession Podcast.